Welcome back to the Section K podcast. Today's Tuesday, August the 13th. We got a lot of cutting horse action going on across the United States this week. Cascades cutting fraternity up in Oregon. We have the West Texas fraternity going on in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, that's where Cody and Colburn are boots on the ground this week. I'm going to be heading up to Amarillo to show and some amateur stuff this weekend. Um, good luck to everyone competing at both the Cascades in Oregon. And good luck to everyone that's uh, shown in West Texas. Congrats to all the winners so far. Uh, I noticed Lloyd Cox, big surprise there. The GOAT won the four-year-old open aboard Ms. Baby Cakes. They're going to have the 5-6 open finals out there this morning. Um, that's going to be a great, great final, I'm sure. But out in Oregon, pretty fitting that Morgan Cromer was leading the first round of the Open Futurity at one of the first small futurities of the year. We have a great conversation with Morgan. She was in town and stopped by the Section K lair at the Metallic Cat Summer Cutting Spectacular. Uh, we talk about small futurity horses. We talk about what it takes to be successful at the big futurity and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the Section K podcast. This episode is brought to you by Western Bloodstock. Western Bloodstock conducts all of the sales at the NCHA and NRCHA major events in Fort Worth, Texas. Whether you're looking for a ready-made show horse, brood mares, or your next young prospect, Western Bloodstock has many options available to fulfill your performance horse needs. Like their page on Facebook, Western Bloodstock LTD, or visit their website, www.westernbloodstock.net. We are joined here at the Metallic Cat Summer Cutting Spectacular with the current queen of the West Coast, Ms. Morgan Cromer. Welcome to the Section K podcast. What's up, Morg? How are you? Welcome, oh. Morgan. How's it going, Morg? Good, good. That is quite a name. Hey, <laughs> thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, we appreciate you coming by. We've been wanting to sit down and chat you up for a while, so thanks so much for coming by. No problem. What's been going on here lately? How are the three-year-olds working? Ooh, uh, you know, they like to change every day, so that's confusing. But, no, they're good. Uh, I'm excited about the few I have for out west and then have uh, quite a few non-pro and amateur three-year-olds for back here, and then I have uh, one mare that, that I'm for sure showing here. And so I'm, I'm happy, but we got been working on them, been at home and working, and uh, I just flew down to help the youth kids here and – and then I uh, get to fly home Saturday. Yeah, I was so. going to say, what's it like being here with not a trailer load of horses and no Jacob and <laughs> not like your whole normal crew here for a normal Fort Worth show? It's actually kind of nice. I've got to talk to more people. And, <laughs> um, but it is, you know, it, I always feel like I need to be showing something. But it's been nice to get down here and I'm trying some horses. And it's been a good trip. And it's been cooler this week. So it's not been too bad. So talk a little bit about like small fraternities, kind of what goes into making that decision on showing one in the small fraternities or breaking one out a little earlier on? Do you make that decision earlier in their training, like earlier in their three-year-old year? How does that kind of thought process work? Yeah, I guess the funny thing for me, it would be kind of backwards. Like, uh, you know, growing up where I did and, and working for Russ out there um, in California, we small fraternities probably, you know, 90% of all of our colts. And then, uh, you know, Russ, he would only take – his special two that he'd have and and so that's kind of how I've always done it It was we always shot for the most of them out there and there's a lot of money to be won between those ones that we have out there and and so we've kind of always done it that way uh this year I have way more 
Fort Worth horses than I've had. But, uh, but yeah, and I, I do try to make the decision because I think a couple months before those small fraternities, you know, as you guys know, you got to have them more prepared than the Fort Worth horses right now. And I really try to build them as I go and, and build towards Pacific Coast and Rancho and not, you know, necessarily feel like I have to have them ready for Oregon. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've always, always been stronger in the small fraternity deal. I probably learned that from Russ all along was, you know, we, we always had a strong small fraternity string. Yeah. Pretty solid, big fraternity horses too. That's kind of my first memory of you being here kind of from Texas is you having two in the open fraternity finals. I don't remember what year it was, but talk about the big fraternity and kind of what it's like coming all the way out here and driving Texas and just kind of the pressure I don't really yeah, like to use that get, word but just kind of <laughs> pumping yourself up to come out here for the big fraternity I, I'm glad that your memory of me was uh, uh was that yeah. because actually the first time I came back with two that I trained myself was pretty terrible um and then I decided that I needed to catch ride for a few more years to realize what I needed and uh and got some really good catch rides you know I, for Matt uh, Gaines and and Phil Hansen was uh, the one that I first made the fraternity finals on was one of Phil Hansen's. So uh, then I kind of had my feet wet better and knew what I was supposed to be, ha- you know, have to to be competitive and and have gained from that. But yeah, it was it. Th- there is How a lot of pressure. Th- then, when I brought time. the first ones, yeah, I think I was uh, 21 the first time I brought two of my own. Uh, I had shown a couple for Russ back here in the limited stuff when I when I worked for him. How many years? before then had you started training uh well i think that was right when i left russ's but i went to work for russ when i was 17 yep so morgan i've known you for a long time we grew up together on the <laughs> west coast but not everybody knows where you grew up and and how you grew up and how you got into cutting so tell us about that oh yeah so i grew up in one of the um probably ugliest places uh in palmdale and lancaster area the Rockies will kill me for saying that, but, uh, it's, you know, grew up out there and, uh, all I ever wanted to do was be around cattle. I rode hunter jumpers as a little kid and, uh, I just, you know, thought it was the coolest thing. And I got the opportunity to, uh, ride some cutting horses with Carlos and Kathy Fandino. I mean, they're the reason I do it and they were in it for a long time. Uh, and they, allowed me to show horses and then you know show turn back horses of everybody's as Cody watched me <laughs> and uh and we all had to yeah exactly <laughs> and it was it was great though I mean it's what I it it was the best thing that could have happened to me looking back it made me show really bad ones and and made me good at showing but but uh you know it was they were a blessing and still are to me to to allow me to go and do that and it was it was it was a fun time I me mean, I started going on the road with Kathy when I was 11 so I've been doing it a while and then you started working for Russ when you were 17 you said yeah I went right out of high school to work for him but I you know helped him in the summers and helped Scott in the summers and um you know both of them were a huge influence and Tim was you know always a big influence on me out there and always there to help me and um you know those those guys you know grew up around them and and have been been lucky enough to follow in their footsteps and what are some horses when you were working for russ or scott that stick out in your mind of great horses or just russ or scott being on top of every time they worked that horse that day 
Yeah, I mean, the first one I think that made a big impact on me and an impact on Scott and Russ was a little Stardusty. And she was an unbelievable mare. You know, Russ won his first fraternity on her in Oregon. And I don't know what year that was, but it was when it was still in Salem, Oregon. And that was, and she was a gray starlight mare out of a sugar mare. And she was unbelievable. And then she had uh, a little Lena mare named Smart Like Dusty, who Scott was fourth or fifth on here at the big fraternity. And then going on, she had more babies. Uh, and, and her first cult was uh, little Dusty Lola, who Russ you know showed in the and and for coyote rock ranch and they still have babies out of her so there's a a, little dusty lola's first cult was the one that andrew won idaho on and i said i got to get in that win picture that'll be the fourth generation (laughs) win pictures that i get to be in and so that mare was definitely a big thing and that was carlos and kathy fandino's line of horses and and so i was lucky enough to be around that but you know i get the one that always comes to mind for me you know being around him training and and getting to to ride him was cd royal he was he was unbelievably fast you know he fit rust to a t but um one of the coolest horses to be around and and to you know i actually went over and gave him a pat this morning is it rust is there so but yeah he was he was un, unreal horse to be around and smart you know what was it like watching the little westfall child grow up brandon that we've all kind of come to know and love here around the shows it's kind of just crazy my first memory of that kid is watching him show one of grant setnica's turnback horses at vegas a little dun horse and then i mean this year you look at him you're helping him pick cows in the open fraternity finals i mean that had to have been quite a moment for you to kind of watch brandon grow up all that kind of came full circle this year at the fraternity Right. Mostly it makes you just feel old. (laughs) Uh, But no, uh, unbelievable. I mean, when I went to work for Russ and Janet, you know, he was a year or something in there too, maybe, but been around him since the day he was born. And um, yeah, it is pretty special. I mean, for me, it was the first kid that, you know, I was around when, you know, growing up and it was the best thing that could ever happen to like a 17 year old girl though, is to try to raise a two year old and work for us. <laughs> you, you were like, okay, I, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was tough as you guys know, oh, but, yeah. but uh, has turned into a wonderful young man and I'm, I couldn't be more proud of him. That's for sure. And, and it's, it is, it's very special to watch him, you know, become the person he is and, and now look at the younger kids coming up and, you know andrew and nicole's kids and my niece and nephew and all those kids and you go man that's going to go by just as fast as this did so just really enjoy it now monty's little kid he came on the podcast was telling us he's oh boy yeah he's 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 there Riggs. he's a big deal already (laughs) so there you know he'll another one to make you feel old exactly exactly but that was you know and and that's kind of the main reason i'm here you know just to help in the youth was you know, it goes by really fast. And, I mean, look at Cody, same thing. You know, it it's it's goes by so fast, and, and it's so important to them. Uh, sometimes we lose track of that, how important it is for us to talk to them or, or you know, sit and watch cows with them. And, and they, you know, we think it's silly, but it's a real big deal to them. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's it needs to be important to all of us, you know. Colburn and I were talking about that today as we were watching the youth and we were cheering them on just knowing what's going through their head because yeah. we've been in there and Caden didn't show as much in the youth but we know Colburn and I hauled and 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 you know just as well I mean you know how pumped those kids yeah. are to go down there and show these horses and they're all mounted and, oh yeah and they and had it's so fun to it watch. was so funny I didn't get in till uh I guess it was later Monday evening 
And so I knew they were going to have the flags closed. So I just told the girls, I said, hey, just go, you know, trot your horses back and forth on the flag. Well, Tatum was over there. And Mia asked Tatum if he would flag her horse for him. <laughs> and these girls were so excited. I mean, they, when I got off the plane and I called them, they were like little kids. Like, I don't mean they're little kids, but they were just like so excited that Tatum rode their horse, you know? Yeah. And they're like, we hope it's okay. And I'm like, God, I hope Tatum's, you know, he probably didn't want to work two more horses. <laughs> I felt bad, but they were just so pumped. And, and I, I texted him and told him, you know, that they were so excited. And, and it is silly. Like sometimes we have to get, you know, we have to get amped up to do it, but it is really, really important to them. And, and, you know, and, and I still feel special with Brandon that, that, you know, I think he's always feels comfortable if I'm there to help yeah, him show. And, sure. you know, from the time he You've was always little, been he, there for him. Yeah. So. Yeah. I usually catch his hat when he was little because he always threw his hat. <laughs> yeah, no, the very first time. I think it was you and I and Russ and who else? Maybe Tim Smith yeah. helped him the very first yeah. time he showed it. Yeah. Passa. I'm like, yeah, I had to keep his hat on as soon as the buzzer. I'm like trying to catch it because he always <laughs> wanted so to throw awesome. it. The first time it was like, it was awesome. But then yeah, we're yeah. like, hey, man, we don't want right, to keep getting God, your hat. We got to get your hat all the time. <laughs> That's too funny. So talk about, you've, mentioned tim smith and russ and whole handful whole slew of just great hands of the pacific coast cutting horse association just talk about what the pccha means to you and i mean they obviously put on a handful of great events and just kind of what that association has meant to you over the years yeah i mean it's it's everything to me you know there's no way i would be at three million you know without the shows that they have produced and that's um you know it's it's where I grew up, and, and uh, they'll have to, you know, drag me out of there, which, you know, eventually will happen with the wonderful state that I live in, which we will not name. That's, <laughs> we don't have enough time on this yeah, podcast. We, don't, we can't talk about that right now. But, no, yeah, it's just uh, – but that is, you know, it is such a wonderful association. Um, and, you know, we have a, a great staff, and Phil's awesome, and – you know, but the, like we said, it's just there's some things out there. It's smaller. It's more of a community. Um, and I really feel like we do try to enjoy it. You know, even like at their June cutting was long. And we did every we had an EC meeting every night trying to figure out how do we, you know, how do we shorten these days so everybody actually has time to go to dinner. You know, we care about that. We want we want people to enjoy their time there in Vegas. There's so many things to do. You should be able to go to dinner. There's a million great restaurants, you know, and. And not just, oh, it, it comes down to the dollar of, oh, well, well, if we cut all night, we'll make more money, you know. And so, I mean, that's unfortunately how a lot of them are. But, you know, I get it. We, we understand that, too. we gotta, you got to stay positive. But, you know, we're lucky to have the association that we have where we really care about that. And then, you know, we have some great show producers out there, too, that are really focusing on that. And, and so I think it's... You know, it's hard to make it a business, but then remember that it's not a business for most people. It's a hobby, and it's just a fine line right there of, of you know, keeping it keeping it right. Well, for me, going out to Vegas, I mean, the best part is actually being able to have dinner with my trainer or actually be able to have dinner with guys like Matt Miller and people like that that are helping me in the show pen all year, and they're watching just about every set of cows or – turning somebody around in the last set and they just can't go to dinner that night because hey the eighth set's going to be at eight o'clock so for me the most fun part about going to vegas is whether you're having dinner together or myself and cody and christina cox and matt and megan are all around a blackjack table and we're all going back and forth and giving the dealer i mean that's to me what sets the pccha aside from everyone it's like i look forward to going and spending a week 
away from home and right. being able to interact with, I mean, John Rocky, God love him. But like, that was one of, one of the people that I looked forward to the most going out to Vegas and just shooting the breeze with him and talking to him. And for me, that's going to be one of the best memories I have of the Pacific coast cutting horses. So it's just some of the mem- memories and some of the relationships I was able to meet in just the short amount of time that I've been going out there. So I can't say enough good things about PCCHA yeah. and all the things you guys have done. Yeah. And I've been, and I mean, I think from a trainer point of view, um, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me like, Oh, you, you know, when are you moving to Texas? When are you moving to Texas? You know, that's always the question. And, you know, for a long time, I thought, you know, to, to be, at a certain level, I eventually would have to come back here, you know, and, and, but I do feel like I've, there's times when I go, man, yeah, I'd like to do that and see, you know, how much better I could be or, you know, what the situation would be if I had this or that, or didn't have to drive 28 hours or, you know what I mean? All those things. But, you know, truth of the matter is I, I wouldn't have the clientele I have. I wouldn't have the friendships I have and I wouldn't have the, you know, the business I have or the earnings I had, if I hadn't have started out there, it was a, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm a pretty loyal person. So it'll, it'd take me a lot to, to get away from it, but there's so many people out there. The main thing is, is we've talked about this with NCHA and I've talked about it with, you know, many people is, you know, there's a ton of people that want to cut. Even our, our club cuttings out there are huge. There's more people that want to cut. It's just trying to reach to them and having people that will reach out to them and, and we need to do that and and so it's it's important to me not only from my business side now but more of uh, you know keeping the sport alive out there it's it's imp- it's been my livelihood and and I feel responsible to that you know we interrupt this awesome interview with Morgan Cromer to bring you a word from our sponsors Brazos Valley Equine Hospitals was founded by Dr. T-Bone Buchanan his dedication and love for the equine industry has led the practice to develop multiple facilities across Texas, including Navasota, Stephenville, Salado, Cyprus, and internationally in Brazil. As one of the largest practices in the state of Texas, their hospitals feature experts in sports medicine, reproduction, alternative medicine, along with board-certified specialists in internal medicine, surgery, critical care, and emergency. At Brazos Valley Equine Hospitals, your horse's health is their passion. With the highest quality care available, their goal is to care for each patient from conception through retirement. As highly trained and dedicated professionals, they are committed to exceeding expectations and to helping each horse reach its full athletic potential. Visit them at www.bveh.com. You just spoke about the level of competition out here, and, and mainly that's because of the amount of good trainers that are located out here and really close to Texas. But tell us about being from the West Coast and coming out here and winning a major age event at one of the Triple Crown events. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, that that was definitely a highlight, um, you know, to be able to be competitive and have the horsepower to do it. And, and you know, and, and obviously gives you way more confidence when you come back here, you know. But I, I think there is a positive side to it, too, of living out there and then coming here. You know, you, you – you know, I feel like our horses work a lot of different types of cattle back there and um, makes them smart, and and there are some great things. But coming back and, and being able to be competitive in this arena um, 
and and win a major was was so big and that mare i mean that mare meant so much to me or means so much to me she still lives right there every day i ride her just to ride her so but it's uh it's a, it's a very very special thing and it was such you know i don't know you know all the people that were here but it didn't matter if you know if they had somewhere else to be they stayed to to see if i did good you know between and andrew and eric and you know, Brent and I mean, even the guys that didn't help me, they hung out to see if I was going to win. And, you know, it's, it's a team and that's, that's a really cool feeling, you know, to do good for them too, you know. What about, talk about how important it is to have the confidence going in and showing and after winning a show like that, going to the next show somewhere and just having that comfort, the feeling of knowing that you've been in this spot before and you can go go down there and show and do good well i'd like to believe that that stays with you but it's you know as you know it's such a humbling sport i mean um you know to me it was that that particular mare you know i mean that's the biggest thing right is you get confident on one and you can you know i feel like you could have put that mare in any situation right um and so you know right now that's what i'm what that's i'm trying to find another one of her <laughs> yeah aren't we all <laughs> yeah exactly but that's that's it what it did make me so much more confident for the fraternity that year uh and made me more confident in this arena that it was like hey it's just another arena mm-hmm. instead of it always being such a big deal um but you know you don't want to take that that away from it either you know yeah. it, it's a funny line i you know i've kind of gone up and down through that now and you go you know, man, remember when I used to get so nervous? It was, it was, you know, you, you kind of miss it almost a little bit. And I'm sure, you know, some of the guys that have won a bunch in there probably think the same. Like, remember how excited I was when I won my first one? And, yeah. You know, so it's, it's a funny deal. But I think no matter what we say about this arena, it, it's still the best place we ever come show. And mm-hmm. it's still the most fun. And, and so, you know, I think it is special to definitely win one for sure in here. But I don't know if my confidence stays all the time. I wish it did. <laughs> yeah, that was the 2016 Super Stakes Classic on Made of Metal. Yep. Um, for me, just being around, cutting as long as I have, and coming to as many of these aged events, I think it says a whole lot about the horse woman that you are. It, to win your first major aged event and it be in the open five, six-year-old division, I think that says – a ton about you and a ton about the horse and a ton about your training because I think we all know how hard it is to come compete at the Super Stakes and the Derby and the 5-6. I mean, those are the best horses and going right now. I mean, we've seen here recently it's been Rolls-Royce, Rolls-Royce. I mean, he seems pretty unbeatable here, and that just goes to show you just how hard it is to win. And, I mean, if there's one horse – yeah, it's that, really hard to top that. You that 5-6-year-old is – no matter where we go now, Anywhere. I mean, gosh, it's – it's tough. Yeah. I mean, look at Vegas. I don't even remember what it took. I want to say it took 440 a 441 something, or yeah. something. To, you know, I mean, they, and they were all good runs. I mean, well, it the was cattle were unbelievable. unbelievable. I, mean, I mean, it yeah. And so, but you get the, all those five, six-year-olds and you, you know, it is, it's, it's such a, that was a really cool thing to win that and be, you know, I think that year it had three in the finals of it. And that was, you know, that was, my dad told me before I came back to the Super Stakes, he's like, hey, remember that time? You had three in the finals, and then you won. You should do that again. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Like, yeah, if it was that easy. Great pep talk. <laughs> Sick. So, other than Fort Worth, what are some of your favorite places to go cut? Um, 
Well, uh, you know, I think everybody was going to say the same thing about from being out there, you know, miss, miss Fort Klamath. Uh, that was such, you know, an unreal cutting. And probably at that time, we really had no idea how much we would miss it. You know, uh, it was such a lucky place to be. It was just, it was great. I was lucky enough to win my first small fraternity there. And so that was, that's a pretty special place. Uh, and then, but getting back to going up there, uh, this this you know past year Julie putting one on in Redmond it's it's got a good feel to it you know of, of being back in that area yeah talk a little bit about Julie Clark and the Cascade Cutting Futurity I mean just kind of what Julie's meant to your program and obviously she's a great ambassador to the sport and I mean loves cutting loves her horses loves to promote the sport just kind of what she means to you and your program yeah, I mean, Julie is, is uh, you know, a lot like me. We have the same sort of passion for the West Coast. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot. We feel like, you know, we feel responsible to keep it alive out there. And, and she's taken it, obviously, to another level that I couldn't. She's like, well, I'll just put a cutting on. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. And so it's been it's been really cool. And, and, you know, what you were talking about, about, you know, wanting an event to be fun and you know, a good schedule and, you know, a good place to be throughout the year, that that's what the Cascades fraternity is going to be and is, and is she's going to build it. And, and, you know, she really does care that it is a good cutting and, you know, from, from everything from their, you know, and same thing with Carol, you know, from the ground being good to it being a good place for people to hang out and watch comfort level, all of that stuff that we, you know, him haw about and say it's not a big deal, but truly it is, and that's what makes the people that we want to have them there, uh, you know, sit around and watch the cutting instead of, man, this is not a comfortable place to be. Why would I want to hang out here, you know? And and so it's, you know, you you don't rarely, you don't ever see it be quiet in there. You know, there's always a good place to sit and a good party to go to, and, and just like so. Carol's has a party pad. Oh yeah, and I, I mean. <laughs> You know, we all joked about Carol, you know, with that. It, we, you know, as horse trainers, we're like, <laughs> a party pad, that's silly, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's more people hanging around up there than than in any cutting. And and that's that's where it just sets it apart in my, my I mean, obviously there's things that uh, with that it can be hot there, you know. But people don't care. I mean, they're comfortable. They're having fun. And and she has a great party too. And, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And so I think you know, between Carol and Julie and, you know, and Idaho has done a great job for years of having a nice cutting up there. We've got a great fall run right now. And, and, you know, but I think it is such, it'll be fun. That's, that's the main thing that people like and, and people love the experience of. So being in Texas a lot in Fort Worth, a lot, what are some of your? I know. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you and Jake eat quite a bit of Panera. If I'm not, if I'm not <laughs> wrong, if I remember correctly. What are some other places that you might be trying to go eat at while you're in in the Texas DFW area? Oh, I do like to eat. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? Yes, and I am a, uh, a big fan of Pacific Table. Nice, yeah, good I, choice. Yeah, I like Pacific Table. Um, and then I really don't like to tell many people this, but uh, we like to go to the Velvet Taco, and I like the tots. 
Have you had the tots? I have with the egg. Yeah, and the egg sriracha. The yep. Oh my gosh, that's like I go <laughs> yeah. there when I don't tell people where I'm going. Yeah, that was so, a that was a yeah. frequent. Everybody's about to know now. Yeah, I'm like great. <laughs> that was a frequent stop for me um, in college. Yeah, um, I could see about that. Two fifteen a.m. Yeah, yeah, roughly about that time. Yeah. So, yeah, those are great choices, though. Yeah, um, and we're going tonight since it's Lindy's birthday. Uh, we're going to go to Granberry and go to 1890. Have you guys been out there? I have not, but I've heard about it. I've heard it, it's exceptional. It's really good. Yeah, really good. I've I heard it's exceptional. Last time. Well, Morgan, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, we can't thank you enough for all you guys do on the Pacific Coast to promote the sport and coming out here and helping the youth and, and just being here. So we thank you so much for all you do, and good luck the rest of the year. Good luck with those three-year-olds. Thank you, and thanks for having me on. Thanks, Thank you, Morgan. So much, Morgan. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, follow us along on Facebook, Section K Podcast, Instagram, Section K Podcast, and our email, sectionkpod at gmail.com. We look forward to seeing everyone at the West Texas Futurity. That's where the Section K boys are going to be this week. Um, like I said, good luck to everyone up in Oregon at the Cascades Futurity. Uh, that looks like a ton of fun. We look forward to seeing everyone down the road. 